Hi there, you're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast, produced here in Sydney, Australia. My name is Matt Wakeling, your host, and thank you so much for joining me. Now today I interview and jam with a very good friend of mine, Simon Raffalo. Now Simon is a fantastic guitar player, equally adept on electric or acoustic. I really admire players who can shift between between the two instruments in uh, such a comfortable way. We'll get to that interview very shortly, but before we do, I want to give a shout out to Jambuzz. That's a great website from the United States, and they really champion uh, improvisation and um, sharing videos, uh, often of bands like uh, Tedeschi Trucks, um, the Almond Brothers, um, Fish, those kind of bands, you get the idea. I recently wrote an article on Trey Anastasio's guitar rigs. Uh, of course, guitar player from Fish and the Trey Anastasio band, incredible player, and has a really, really cool approach to his gear. Very practical and yet very big all at once. So it was a lot of fun to write that article, and I think it turned out really great. And I really thank Chris from Jambuzz uh, for getting me on board for that. I'll be writing a few more articles for those guys as well. So I'll let you know as they come up. There are links to that in our show notes for today. All right, now Simon Raffalo, back to him. We're going to hear a little bit of his playing. Now these days, Simon wrangles really sweet and beautiful lyrical tones out of an American Strat. Uh, He's also been known to wail away on a Les Paul. Here's one such example of the Les Paul in full flight. There's a track called What The... Story. Simon and I have been friends for well over 20 years. We first met um, at Liverpool Christian Life Centre. That's a church where I was serving as the music director. Simon subsequently took on that role and uh, did an incredible job with it. Uh, we, we did a lot of playing together. We were involved in Youth Alive New South Wales, which uh, amongst other things was involved in large-scale Christian youth events. So we would play at events at... Um, the Sydney Entertainment Centre, the Horden Pavilion, uh, Parramatta Stadium, the State Sports Centre, things like that. Did a couple of international tours uh, to Scandinavia and Guam, beautiful little island, and uh, recorded on a bunch of albums. And I guess for both of us, that was our first um, first experience in a you know, professional studio and working with with great producers and, and things like that. So we, we've shared a lot of history. We are, we are great mates and it was really fun to hang out and, and, just, and just jam and catch up. So, I mean, part of what you hear today is an interview style thing like, like we do 
on the Guitar Speak podcast, but but another half of it is just a couple of mates catching up and noodling around on guitars and, and talking about stuff. Simon's got some new instrumental uh, tracks under underway at the moment, so that was a great uh, great impetus for me to have him on the Guitar Speak podcast and talk about that too. So uh, here we go, my my interview with Simon Ruffalo. We started as you do with a little jam. Simon Raffale, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast. Thank you, Matt, thank you. <laughs> I can't remember the last time we sat down and jammed like this. <sighs> it's been a long time, it's I think. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. Yeah. But it's, but it's nice. It's great. It's nice having you in the room here. And <laughs> yes. A couple of mics and just like old times. Old times. Yes. Man, so much I want to talk to you. I, I mean, we know each other very well. We know each other's history, but there's yes. some gaps I still don't know about that I want okay. to find out and... I'm sure our listeners will want to learn about two. Yes. When did you start playing? What was the spark? The spark. Okay. If I go way back, music's always kind of been around in the family. So my mum would put on like albums, you know, Credence, Credence Clear, oh, Royal yeah, yeah. Bible, Status Quo, <laughs> Fleetwood Mac. Wow. So, so music, um, I think I used to play drums. Really? So I think my parents bought me like a, there's a photo of me when I was about three or four, um, playing drums uh-huh. in a small little kit so uh, and I always used to play buckets yeah. you know um, so music was around um, and then my nana God bless her um, had a nylon string guitar mm-hmm. at her house and I would pick it up and not knowing what I was I was just picking it up and 
and not knowing anything. But yeah. it's kind of just kind of worked a little bit. And my dad, my dad goes, wow, um, do you want to get guitar lessons? And uh, I was really shy, like yeah. painstaking. How shy. old were you? About 12. Okay. 11, 12. Yep, yep. And I said to dad, okay, I'll get guitar lessons, but I don't want group lessons. <laughs> I was really like, shy. Um, and then he said, okay, I'll get you private lessons. And he found this guitar teacher local, mm-hmm. which, you already, which you knew also. So this is Brian Annan. Brian Annan. What a exactly, yes. Um, so so I, I, my first guitar lesson, I was 13 and um, very quiet. I remember walking in, I had a pick in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even say anything. Yeah. So yeah, so 13 <laughs> was when I picked up my guitar. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, man. So you're playing nylon string. Yes. What, what was the progression? So what were you learning at first? What did you do? Okay, so Brian was a, a really good teacher. The very first song I learned mm-hmm. was, was, was Happy Birthday. Ah. Very first uh, one lesson. Of my first too. Yeah, awesome. yeah. And I, I was so excited yeah, just yeah, to yeah. learn a melody. So I had a nylon string guitar and I was a left-handed. Uh, I was lefty. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it was Happy Birthday. But then, like, the next lesson... Oh, man, no, it was basic melodies first. Like, okay. just basic, simple melodies. Yep. But then he was really cool. So he would teach kind of that really basic stuff. But then he also said, you know, like, what do you want to learn? And mm-hmm. I want to learn, like, ACDC. Yeah. <laughs> so he, like, he taught me, like, rock and roll and noise pollution. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, the first riff, I was blown away. Wow. Yeah. Were you playing electric by then? Or no. was this still on your nylon? I think still on my nylon. Yeah, yeah. I think still on my nylon. I think the nylon was around for a bit. Uh, it took a little while before I got my, my electric. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Nice. It's ACDC. That was, yes. that was, there was a lot of that in my house as well. Yeah. Um, awesome, man. When did you go electric? I got, so obviously dad saw that I was serious because yep. I was going to lessons, I was practicing, I was learning classical and, and, and also modern stuff. Um, so I must have been about 14 maybe a year into it okay so my cool. school friend had a right handed Araya Pro 2 kind of a Telecaster <laughs> yeah, yeah. Telly thing. okay it was right handed it was yep. brown maple neck mm-hmm. and um, and and I think dad we shopped around we went to Maryland's music um, the, the, this is Maryland's music and I saw an SG because I loved Angus yeah yeah I, go, I want that dad. but dad was kind of like he checked the neck <laughs> really? I don't know why he was checking it but he must have done some research wow he's checking the neck he goes nah it's, it's warped he said <laughs> so I couldn't get it I was heartbroken you're that really... sort of guitar player is he no no, no he's awesome. not a, but he must have done some research because my dad does a little bit of research yeah yeah um, and he, I remember him just looking at this SG copy yep and I so wanted it. Wow. And he goes, sorry, son. You just can't <laughs> it. I was like heartbroken. So then my school friend had a guitar. He said, look, you know, I went to his house. And it was nice. It yeah. wasn't an SG. It was yeah. a, you know, a, a, a telly yeah. kind of. And so that was my first one. I flipped, flipped it. I flipped it. I flipped the strings. Um, and um, that, was, that was my first electric. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Very exciting. Very cool. We should jam on some ACDC. All right. Okay. Pick a riff. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I've got a Strat sound, so it's not going to sound very Angus, but yep. I'll... Let's take some delay off, because Angus never used delay. He never did. Nah. He never will. Never will. No. Uh, maybe Back in Black? Yep. Is, yep. That, is that all right? That's perfect. Yeah, all right. All right. Sorry. This is... Oh, yeah, okay, here we go. One, two, three, four. <laughs> 
What's the solo part? Oh, the solo's really cool, eh? Strat, so there you go. <laughs> yes. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, so ACDC was a big, like, I wanted to be Angus Young. Like, yeah. I was mesmerized. But when I heard Back in Black, it was like, I've got to play guitar. Wow. So, yeah. so we're learning the solos and stuff. We were trying to work them out. How are you? Yeah, yeah. I think definitely early days learning the rhythms. Yeah. Because a lot of it was like, you know, 12 bar blues or yeah. like learning the chords. Yeah. But yeah, the solos. Yeah, I, I remember always kind of playing melodies and leads straight away. Yeah. Like there was melodies, like rhythm, I, I learnt both. Yeah, so, cool. But yeah, I loved, I loved learning Angus' stuff. Yeah. yeah. Such good stuff to learn on. Because yeah, like I said, like chord, the chord um, sequences are relatively easy. Once you yeah. suck it and your power chord's happening, you can sort of find your way around. Oh, definitely. So, definitely, yeah. good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Who else are we listening to? So, definitely... Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan, yeah, probably a couple of years later, um, the, just his blues stuff was uh-huh. just incredible, you know. So, yeah, I, I was loving Stevie's Stevie's work. Yeah. Um, did you did you automatically stick Stevie Ray Vaughan and Angus together? Did you understand they were from the same sort of planet? Because when I was growing up, that it just the blues and ACDC seemed totally foreign. Yeah. As I grew up, I realized, well, hang on. Yeah, and this is like a supercharged Chuck Berry. Yeah, true. Probably when I was younger, no. Probably mm-hmm. when I was younger, like Stevie, we just had a, a, a. For me, it was a little bit more sophisticated in yeah, a way, yeah. um, and it was just another expression. It's like Angus was that real kind of hard edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of more basic, I suppose. But but Stevie just had a fluidness, um, mm. which was just beautiful. And, and he could also, you know, like Lenny, like something like real clean. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he had the real blues, but the real melodic thing about him which I loved so, yeah nice yeah Steve was was really really important nice really what's um, what's my favourite SRV uh, a lot of them but we can we can play um, I think it's called Mary Had a Little Lamb yes it's kind of fun let's uh, do it really cool riff um, I'll um, yeah let's do it which pickup I never knew what pickup he used and I never had a strap back then yeah oh, well, I had a weird kind of Gibson that's right. Do you remember that thing? We'll talk rigs. Yeah, I, okay. I'm loving we'll your tone, man. That's yes. awesome. All
Beautiful. That was fun. Rocking. That was fun. Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I loved. I loved Stevie. Hugely influential. Yeah. First time I heard him was on the David Bowie stuff. Okay. Um, okay. I wasn't aware of his blue, his solo career till much later. Relatively right. late. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I got into the the Texas Flood. Was that his band? Was it called Texas Flood? That was, his, that was an album. Double Trouble. Double, Double Trouble. Trouble. Yeah, yeah. Texas Flood. Right. Texas Flood. Yeah. So I remember getting like a a three for one cassette thing oh, back in the nice. day or CDs for, nice. oh, I don't know how I got onto him but nice. it just appeared wow so. my blues gateway was this made at school didn't play guitar but he loved the blues and he lent me a Robert Cray cassette Robert Cray yeah the album yeah. Was, um, was his big 80s album was um, oh, Strong Persuader I think okay. it was called okay I think so yeah great he had a different kind of blues approach eh? yeah 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 kind of city he was Probably raised in. Yeah, more urban, yeah. Very clean. Very clean. Very clean. Yeah. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful player. Yeah, yeah, true. But yeah, I, I, I don't know what who surpasses SRV for electric blues. Yeah. And the funny thing is, like, Hendrix, because I know you you really like Hendrix. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I kind of like Hendrix. Yes. So, and I, and I know Stevie was very much influenced by Hendrix. Yeah. So, I wasn't, a, yeah, I didn't have any of the Hendrix stuff. So, mm-hmm. it's weird how I missed that. Yeah, I think most of my time, I, I get into stuff really late. Right, okay. I, Like, first time I heard Hendrix, I hated it. I thought, <laughs> well, this guy doesn't shred like, yeah. like Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, 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 true. But true. I think as yes, you get older, you understand the, the nuances. Yeah, and, definitely. And, and what, a, what a freak out that would have been. In, yes, yes. In the 60s, oh, Jimmy doing true, that stuff. True. So yeah, SRV, definitely that. And all that Albert King stuff, all those, okay. those big bands. Like, he just, yeah, he integrated all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the man. Nice. Now you're a metal guy as well, hey. I was and kind of still am, like closet. Yeah. Now, man, I never really got into or understood was Metallica, but you went nuts yeah. on that stuff. I did. I, I did love Metallica. What um, What was it about that stuff? Just the the song structures, the riffs were monster, uh-huh. were monster riffs, and, and the musicianship was amazing. Uh, I had friends at school who loved Metallica. Master of Puppets was like one of the first ones I heard. Okay. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I was massive. I was a metalhead in the 80s. Wow. Yeah. I had the hair and... Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was cool. What's your favourite Metallica riff? Well, there's a lot of riffs, but, but one, I suppose. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I kind of... Yeah, I think I do. I practised it yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> cool. a, yeah, I mean, a Master of Puppets riff, which I'll... I'll, I'll Give you a little demo of that because that's probably one of my favorites. So. I mean, it sounds horrible on a strap, <laughs> but it sounds rootsy, man. Actually, when I was younger, I used yeah. to think it was, and then I realized there was an F in it. Oh, yeah. it blew me away. I was like, that little F changed my life. So. Yeah, yeah. But uh, one, I suppose, one is a crazy song. Yeah. Just 
goes nuts. And that yeah. song, yeah, icon, icon of a song, masterpiece. Yeah, so Metallica was big. Yeah, big in my world. Yeah, but but in saying that, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big Kirk Hammett fan. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Like I was never. I, some of his solos are amazing. I do love a lot of his solos, but he wasn't a massive influence in my playing. Okay. Like really didn't like his vibrato and yeah, kind yeah. of his tone. But but some parts were like yeah, I loved him. But was never a real big fan. So it's more the songwriting. The songwriting and the yeah. riffs and the songs and yeah yeah. I mean all that that kind of stuff that made players think about modes and what they're trying to play over. Were yes. You, were you expanding? I think I was. Band? Yeah, I was yeah. definitely. My music teacher was was very. I loved theory. Yeah. I really loved theory. Like, I loved playing, but I was, I was just fascinated by, by theory. And it kind of... He made it make sense to me. He made okay. music like like numbers, like, okay. like maths a little bit. So the modes came in and, and it kind of... It worked. I understood it somehow. And, uh, yeah, so I really got into kind of the, the modes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, Metallica obviously dealt with, you know, touched on modes and... Yeah. And so... I think I read Kirk Hammett because he was getting lessons off Satriani yeah. like a lot of players were yeah. it seems like um, and he would bring songs in and say what do I play over this yes. like he'd bring the chord progression in with all the dissonance and yeah. that flat second you were talking about the F and yeah, that stuff yeah. And, yeah. and you'd have to learn the mode to work with it that's right that's kind of cool and he he's, the first album Kill Em All he wasn't getting lessons there and you can hear it's very bluesy very okay. pentatonic and yeah. then when he got lessons when Ride the Lightning came out, it, yeah. well, you could hear he was getting lessons from Joe. Yeah. You could hear the, the new sounds. Ah, cool. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Let's do some Lydian. Oh, We were Lydian. talking about this before. Yeah. It's one of your favourites, I know. It is. Lydian's just like hauntingly beautiful. It is. It's the greatest. It is nice. What I like about Lydian and Dorian for that matter, yeah. they're yeah, probably yeah. my favourite modes, is because yes. they're only one note different from stuff you already know. True. So, you know, leading the sharp four in the major scale. Yes. It's just... It's Otherwise, beautiful. it's all the same. Love it. Um, we were talking about, before we were recording, we were talking about doing Flying in the Blue Dream. Oh, yeah. Do you want to jam on that? Yeah. Yeah, we'll give it a go. Apart from the solo. But, um, yeah, definitely we'll, we'll uh, give this one a go. Hopefully I'm still kind of in tune.
bits, man. A little bit rusty in some bits, but yeah. I love that. I yeah, love that. It's such a cool tune. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really... It's like a masterclass in Lydian because you got to, yeah, you play yeah. over the changes as well. Yeah. It's playing in different places. So clever. Very clever. I always thought of it like a blues, almost yeah. like a blues from another planet. I've never heard that. Like when you said that beforehand, I was like, wow, I never thought yeah. that. We got chord one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the A flat. Yeah. Sort of in the, I don't know, it's like a substitute for the four maybe. More yeah. in the structure. More the, you got the it's a cool four bars of it, then back to one. Yeah. Then, then five. Yeah. Okay. Four. True. There you go. I don't know. Never even thought of that way. I don't know what Joe. I know what he was thinking, but it's beautiful. It's probably my favourite Joe song, I reckon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's, it's up there. there. It's up there. Definitely. Unreal. Definitely. Unreal. Now I met him. What? I met him. It um a couple of years ago. Thump Music. Right. Um, brought him out to Australia to do clinics. And yeah. Made him. I was working there. And yeah. It was just a Facebook call. Do you want to come and um? Does anyone want to come work at the clinic tonight? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So working at the clinic meant that you just ushered people into the venue and you, you handed something out of the door and then you sat in the second row and watched the whole clinic, which was incredible. Yeah, wow. It was just Joe with backing tracks and talking, okay. but it was still epic. He yeah. was wailing. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, during the meet and greet, I was his pen technician. <laughs> <laughs> pen technician? Yeah. Wow. So I'd have Sharpies, like a oh. black Sharpie and a silver Sharpie. And people would come up and get stuff autographed, like guitars or pedals or, yeah. or T-shirts or whatever. So, you know, if a person came up with a black guitar, I'd get the silver Sharpie oh, ready. Of sign it. And then, thought. yeah, it was a good job. It was great. Yeah. What I noticed about Joe, though, which mm-hmm. blew me away, mm-hmm. he was super friendly to yes. everyone, yes. which I sort of thought was cool and yeah. expected. Yeah. Uh, he'd been doing the clinic for like two hours or something. Yeah. Lots yeah. of playing and just super friendly. Yeah, super cool with with the people there. But um, his hands, like he's a short guy, right? And his hands are fairly short. Like he's got these little fingers. Oh, okay. And you oh. hear his chords and his legato stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think he's got Steve Vai hands or right. Jimi Hendrix fingers, but wow. he doesn't. So there's when I saw guy. that, I just thought, you know, I mean, you know already the work that he's put into his playing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I thought, man, this guy is not, he's not got a bigger stretch than the rest of the rest yeah. of us. So he's. Just worked on it. It's just the work, man, and the passion. Go. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know he had little hands. Yeah. Yeah, little Joe. <laughs> a little Italian Joe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He's yeah. killing it. That was beautiful, man. I loved I loved your playing. Oh, thanks, man. I loved your playing on that. So at least this leads us to Steve Vai a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Steve Vai being... While we're still in the metal mode, eh? Like, yeah, yeah. While we're shredding. Yes. You've yes. got a good story about um, how you met your wife. True, I do, actually. I was a massive Steve Vai fan, obviously. When you're like Joe Satrani, you probably like Steve I too. And yeah, yeah. Crossroads, I think, the, the, the last part of Crossroads. Oh, the movie. The movie. Yes. So, yeah, the movie was like, wow, what? And then through his touring with David Lee Roth. So I never really got him in the Frank Zappa days, but yeah, yeah through that 80s stuff with David Lee Roth, yes. But yeah, so I was a massive fan and um, I used to have a, a Passion and Warfare t-shirt. Yep. And I used to get a TAFE back in 1990, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, and I wore my Steve Vai Passion and Warfare t-shirt very proudly yeah. and my um, a girl who um, was also a massive Steve Vai fan um, kind of as I was walking in the cafeteria she goes hey I love the shirt I was like oh a girl who likes Steve Vai and that's actually how we met that's we, the best I had a Steve Vai shirt and she loves Steve Vai yeah. and we met kind of because of that and yeah. she that girl is now 
was my girlfriend, fiance, and a wife. Yeah. <laughs> so twenty something. Twenty. Years later. Come on, yeah, twenty five years. Oh, yeah. that's the yeah, best. So thanks, Steve. Can I actually sent him an email. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> About <laughs> that. Did you reply? No. Okay. <laughs> well, not that I, I never know unless I change my email account. But no, I don't remember. Yeah. But it was still fun sending it. To but him. Still, yeah. yeah. Yes. So, so Steve, I was, yeah. He was, um, yeah. He was like Passion Warfare. Yeah. That album changed. Like it just. I was I was right into that stuff and that was such a uh, an amazing album and timeless it still yeah. stacks up now it's still, still such a great album what was it oh the melodies um, his quirkiness mm-hmm. um, but it was almost it was kind of mainstream because Steve I can really go out there yeah. but he didn't he actually made it quite mainstream there's a couple of songs in it that crazy songs yeah, like, yeah. real dissonant but but just um his production, the melodies, the playing, obviously. Yeah. Um, his songwriting, very good songwriting. Not just shredding. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. just all his fancy. It was songwriting. It was great melodies, great books, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well produced. Like, what's the opening track? It's like that fanfare thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Liberty. Liberty. Yeah. Yeah. That's just real, all melody. Yeah, 100%. all melody and beautiful harmonising of the chords. Yeah. And yeah. So. Yeah, Steve, that album was amazing. And I, I still like listen to it now. Yeah. I'll still put it on and go, wow. Yeah. I think I'm going to put it on when I get home. I haven't <laughs> played it for a while. But yeah, same thing. It just it just freaked me out. Yeah. I used to listen to it on my Walkman, on yeah. the train, getting the train home from work. Cassette? cassette. Or, or, yeah, cassette. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. True, true. <laughs> oh. let's, let's, let's play a little. Yeah, I suppose For the Love of God yeah. is probably the song. That's and me song. and my wife connected to that song also. <laughs> it was huge. So That's beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Alright, uh, I'll try and once again in a strap. Kind of a little bit. I'll go as smooth as I can. Alright, here we go. Alright. Man. It is a nice melody, beautiful melody. Killer melody. We were yeah. talking before, like how the um, how he develops the melody. What, what were some things you were? Yeah, he, so he plays that? like the first time he plays the melody, the main melody. It's it's there's no vibrato. It's just pure 
just straight note mm-hmm. and, and then each time he adds a little bit more feeling yeah, and yeah. vibrato and, and he said it like you try and play especially if you use vibrato when you're playing you try and play something without it it's yeah. really hard to con- contain yourself so yeah. it, it was very clever very yeah. clever and, um, and then each time he just gets more aggressive with it I suppose so yeah, yeah. amazing song you've talked about vibrato a bit like yeah. you know the Metallica and now this stuff yeah what were some influences on creating your vibrato because you obviously were thinking about it even yeah yeah so so I loved Angus Young but I didn't like his vibrato I found his vibrato a bit too kind of strong or fast Whoa. I don't know it was just didn't, didn't kind of work with me but, but then I, I suppose I experimented yeah like you know um, so I really liked Joe's and Steve Vai's vibrato yep. And, yep. and Steve Ray Vaughan's vibrato it's yep. very just a real I don't know smooth yeah not too like Kirk Hammett was real yuck like real fast yeah yeah horrible but but yeah vibrato was was, was um I, I, I learned kind of slow or yeah, sometimes faster yeah uh-huh. I don't know I just kind of developed it I suppose yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah I really enjoy I really enjoy like, it just adds so much feeling mm-hmm. like when, you, when you're playing and bending and all yeah. that stuff yeah now you sing as well. Do you reckon that influences your playing, or vice versa in any way? As in my guitar playing? Yeah. Like, do you think like people talk about think like a vocalist or think right. like a horn player, where you got a phrase? Yeah. Differently. You know what? I've never thought of it. Yeah. I I, I play guitar earlier than I sang. Yeah. So I was playing guitar. I didn't start singing until probably when I was eighteen. So I was I was playing guitar a lot earlier. Yeah. So the singing kind of. I had to learn how to play and sing together. Yep. So I, yeah, I never thought of that actually uh-huh. as a as a singer. I, I I really probably still see myself more as a guitar player than a singer. Yeah, but I obviously do sing. So yeah, yeah. But you end up spending a lot of time as a church music director. Yes, here at Inspire, where yes. we are now. Yes. Um, how do you think that experience shaped you as a musician? Oh wow! When I first came. Um, and I saw you like I, I kind of met you around yep. that time in the early days I learnt really like a lot about songwriting okay because I think I came in as a guitar player a yep. shredder kind of player but and then... we all loved that by the way <laughs> just freaked out <laughs> yeah yeah that's how good you were yeah but, but I think then playing in the team yeah um, I was playing chords and I loved rhythm like I yep. wasn't just like playing all the lead stuff I loved the rhythm stuff but I, I learnt song structure and I yep. learnt really good songs mm-hmm. and, and so, so playing in the church taught me how to write good songs yeah, and, and yeah. arrangements and chords I've never heard of like D over F sharp or yeah. all these slashes <laughs> I never knew them back in the yeah. day but when I came into church they all they were, they were everywhere and I go I've got to really learn how to play these chords uh-huh. <laughs> so um, yeah it was huge huge yeah. huge part of my development as a musician as a singer also I started singing yeah. in church where yeah. I probably wasn't doing that Beforehand, yeah, cool. So it was a, it was, a, it was, it was very influential. Yeah. yeah. How about music directing? How does that shape your outlook on? Yeah, creating music. I think music directing, you really have to see a bigger picture in yeah. it all. Where it's not just you now head down trying to play the, the the next solo. You have to think about, you know, what everyone else is doing yeah. and finding your part, and then and, and directing the the guys. So yeah, you're thinking about 
what's the bass player doing what's the kick drum pattern is it you know locking in what's the keyboard player doing if there's another guitarist what am I going over what they're doing you know yeah. or am I so, so it, it made me um, appreciate music and the structure of the, the, the songs and then trying to put that into a band setting it, it really developed me as a leader uh-huh. yep. leadership skills yeah, you know yeah. communication yes oh wow huge huge awesome. huge huge yeah. yeah I remember okay guitar Rebel Yo Guitar Challenge yes so I was at I think Temptations Mount Druitt <laughs> yeah. and this is the power of a great music director right yeah. Dave Holmes Dave was Holmes. my music director yeah. and I didn't know him then yeah. and I thought this guy's amazing he was so positive he yeah. was really energetic it blew me away it was such a uh, really made me at ease and then I thought you know, that's the power of a great music director yeah, just yeah. The, the confidence you can bring to a team you've got to prepare like as a music director a lot of it's preparation mm. you can't just wing it yeah yeah you can't just BB King it, like just play the solos. Uh, that's true. I'd love to. And funny enough, actually, in, in playing um, in, in church in the team, definitely my focus was a lot less on the soloing, yeah. the guitar playing, really. I, I almost kind of took a step back and yeah. wanted to make the song the champion. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, you know, and everyone wanted me to do these solos, but I kind of <laughs> held back Yeah. for a long time. Yeah. I didn't want to make that the focus. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You got into production, so you're producing um, some of the youth albums yeah. and end up the, the early Intense Fire. Yeah. Until the more recent Intense Fire yeah. albums as well. Which yeah. True. True. Made such a big impact. Yeah. yeah. What'd you um What'd you take from that? Like, if I can just yes throw a seed in. I I seemed like I consciously saw you slowly easing out of that and really raising raising up new guitarists. So the first ones you're playing heaps on. Yes. Because um, you sort of had to, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, what, what was your, what's your take on that? What's your response to me saying that? <laughs> well, yeah, there was definitely a purpose um, to raise up younger guys yeah. in learning production and learning how to record in a studio yeah. because it's so different to live. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be that mentor because I, you know, we, we played on many albums together mm-hmm. ourselves, Matt. Yeah. Um, so I was fascinated with the studio. I loved the studio. Yeah. You know, I loved the process of. Um, layering tracks and yeah. getting it right and, and just hearing it from a blank canvas to nothing to, to the, the finished product but not just the guitar parts the drum parts the bass parts the mixing the mastering yeah. so so I learnt that over the years when we did albums yeah. I just I was a musician and I wasn't doing production mm. and then eventually our church bought Pro Tools yeah. and, uh, and then I go okay, I'm going to learn this stuff yeah. and I wanted to learn it because yeah. I was watching other engineers do it I thought I'd love to do this and so yeah so I learnt it I, I to a very demo standard, um, at, when we were doing like kind of demos for our albums, I would be in there and, and, yeah. and engineering and all that. Um, but then, yeah, as as I was getting older and the new guys, the younger guys were raising up, I was I was allowing them to experience the studio, going yeah, in, cool. playing, learning um, how to play in the studio because it's so different to life. Yeah. Uh, so there was purpose in it, I suppose, uh, and I, st- I still love recording and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, yeah, we should talk about um, Youth Alive a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> when you say we've done some albums. Yeah, cool. Primarily the Youth Alive records yes. and some stuff here in Inspire too. So yes. um, Dave Moyes has been on this show. Yes, Of Dave course, Moyes. we, we yes. spoke with him. Dave's Dave. awesome. Yes. Um, so we spoke a little bit about his production and, and yep. from my perspective, yep. you tell me about working with, with Moisey. <laughs> Well, okay, my, my memory, uh, changing strings. <laughs> Nearly every song, yep. I think we change strings. Uh, the amount of gear 
yeah. that we went into this year. That was my first, was that my first studio experience? I think it was. Yeah. Um, and so we're talking about The Plan. The Plan. So that came out, was that late 90s, I guess, mid yeah. to late 90s. Yes. Now, I think we recorded that at Thornley at the, yeah. uh, at the SDA studio. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so it was a big room. Yeah, a big room. room. Um, and uh, just and I was a lefty, so I think Dave graciously enough got me some other left-handed guitars because yeah. I didn't have many yeah. back then. So there was just guitars and amps. That so was like <laughs> it was like Disneyland for a, for a, for a guitarist. Definitely. Um, but the experience of it, it was it was in it was an eye-opener mm-hmm. about tuning, keeping guitars yeah, like yeah. really in tune, yeah. and you know execution mm-hmm. execution was really important yeah uh, playing the, the the songs you know over until we got it right um, yeah it was a, it was an amazing experience I was I loved it I really liked working with Dave yeah because um, cool. he was a guitarist yes and yeah. he I think I learned a little bit more about cleaner sounds too yeah, yeah. back then yeah 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 like things like stacking a couple of cleaner yeah and sound massive yes yeah that was that was a really so, so I really learn a lot from, from Dave, especially with that album and then subsequent albums too. Yeah, cool. Now you did a solo album, Fly With You? Fly With You, yes. When did that come out? 1991. Really? Oh, no, no. No, 1999. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Got my, days, got my decades wrong. Yeah, okay, cool. 99. Like 99, yeah. Great, yeah, man. Did, yeah. So that had a lot of vocal stuff. It did. Which was awesome, but lots of meaty and nice guitar Pass. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. A couple of nice instrumentals. Couple of instrumentals. Yeah, awesome. Um, so you had the rockin' one. That was that. What the? What the? That's <laughs> right. Yeah, this kind of this crazy instrumental. Guitar, yeah, and it kind of broke down in this bluesy thing at the end. It I love that. Fun. Yeah, I love that. It's a good song. Can we jam on that a little? Wow. Do you, do you remember? Yeah, yeah, I think I do. Yeah, I think I do. I don't remember the breakdown part though. So uh, we're in G. Yeah. Are so we? it's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yep. it's kind of goes like that, and then um, C. Yeah. And what's what's the breakdown? D minor. The sets. It's kind of that still in a heaven thing. And it's oh, just back up. Okay. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. things but I can't remember where I went okay. but yeah I'll just give it a whirl alright okay alright I'll be um, I'll be Malcolm you be Angus right, yeah. cool 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 alright one two three
Yeah, that was a fun song. That was great. That was a fun song. That was great. Yeah. The rhythm section was great on that too. It was yeah. Huffy and, um, yeah, and uh, James Cole. James Cole. Yeah. And Adam Subs, Pillow, yeah. On Keith. Yeah, on Keith. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's funny now that I'm listening back to it, I go, oh man, I'd love to do it again. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you always listen to the earlier stuff and go, yeah, oh, I could do it again and sound much better. But Sure. Are we, I think we all do. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, true, true. but you're working on some new stuff too. I am. Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, I think so. When I like, I was on like church staff as a music director, and and um, and so I was on there for like ten years. So I kind of that was my focus, like on our church um, worship yep. music. Uh, and but I always was recording ideas on my iPhone guitar stuff. And yep. I thought one day I'm going to kind of go back to instrumental stuff because I think that's kind of my voice a lot. Uh-huh. My, my my playing is the instrumental, and I love that stuff. So. Um, I have more time now. Yeah. I'm kind of in a different part of my life. So I just went back and searched for songs that I wanted to record mm-hmm. uh, that I've had for a long time and I just started recording them. And I was kind of producing, like, engineering on myself a lot of it and working with other musicians. Um, so, yeah. So it's kind of now just re- recording instrumentals and releasing them um, at, at, at will I suppose yeah, cool. I, I, there was a plan to do a bit of an album or an EP yep. um, uh, but I'm kind of now fascinated with just when I get a song out there I just, just send it out yep. on Spotify and iTunes and sure. people listen to it so there's no real master plan yep. but I do love instrumental music and and um, and that's I find that's my voice um, the, the guitar playing and, yeah, and, cool. and, but it's also the songwriting I don't want to just do shredding guitar mm-hmm. I want to I want to have a voice and want the melody to speak and mm-hmm. yeah so it's yeah, just cool. it's just recording new music as I go along and there's no rush or there's no there's no timeline and no budget yeah. <laughs> so you know what I mean no yeah um, so he's doing it as your yeah as the inspiration yeah. that's cool yes. nice yeah. that tune crying that's got this beautiful melody it's again beautifully written oh tears and, oh tears yes. sorry does I say yes. crying yeah that was, that's Joe Joe Cedrani Thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> tears. Yeah, tears. tears. Yeah. So yeah. I, ha- I had that when I was very young. Yeah. I, yeah. I wrote that when I was like when I was 16. Wow. Uh, on a four-track Fostex machine. Yeah. Uh, and I always wanted to record it again. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So, and I did. And I got like a violin player and a couple of young um, girl singers and one of my friends on keyboard. Did he play keyboard on that one? Yeah. So it was a bit of a, it wasn't just me. I, I, I like getting other musicians. Yeah, great. Yeah, some cool layers. Yeah.
Yes. There's a uh, Spanish Odyssey. Yes. One. One. And two. Yeah. Well, Spanish Odyssey one's been around for a long time. That was on Fly that was with on You. Fly with You. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, and, and and everyone seems to remember that song. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone oh, play Spanish Odyssey. Yeah. It's like cool. And I, I do remember playing it live the very first time, and it was like it was it was yeah it was really like people just loved it. it just went crazy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it's a it's a fun song, and it's then awesome. I I like that kind of playing, Spanish playing. Yeah, I how'd you get like into that? that? We, we haven't really I touched think, on that. Yeah, I think maybe my heritage is yeah. in there. Yeah, like I really like those those the Spanish sound. Okay, and the, and the scales yeah. that come with it. So, yeah, but when you say heritage, you've got some Maltese, Maltese, so Maltese, European, so that kind of Southern yeah, European, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. It just seemed I connected with the melodies. So yeah. the Spanish and my music teacher back in the day, I learnt Spanish songs. Okay, okay. So it was always there, and I'm like, gosh, I love those scales, the, you know, harmonic minor. And all yeah. That. Um, so yeah, so it was always in my playing. Yeah, cool. So Spanish obviously kind of came out of that. Yep. Since everyone likes Spanish Odyssey, well, let's, do it. let's <laughs> give update some it. More, yeah. yeah, give us some more. That's great. And I recorded it a long time ago, yep. and and um, and I'm gonna probably release it soon. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, it's never been heard. All right. We should talk about your rig. I've always liked your sound. I've always loved it. In fact, I think when we met, you had a. Let's go through it. You had your Epiphone sort of Strat style. Yeah, like Gibson Epiphone yeah. strap with a humbucker and single coils. Yeah, yep. you had a uh, you had a Boss like a super feedback or something. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah. What else? There was a PV I, Bandit in there with a blown up speaker. <laughs> well, that, that was your amp, wasn't it? <laughs> I had a Marshall a JCM eight hundred. Yeah, tell us tell us yeah. that story. This is crazy. Yeah. Well, my uh, yeah, my parents were very supportive of yeah, music. Yeah, awesome. like, a lot of people. Like when the kids start getting creative, and they go, "Oh, get a real job." Kind of thing. But my, my dad, especially, yeah, he was the one who kind of saw the potential in my yeah. music and and got me guitar lessons. And then obviously, when he saw, thought I was serious, yeah, I don't know how, but when I was sixteen, he bought me a JCM eight hundred, hundred watt head and combo, oh, Killer. head and speaker box, yeah, and it was like brand new, and it was like, wow. I was a little guy. I was yeah. sixteen. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was so loud. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that were that were obviously my garage days, and yeah. when I played in bands, 
in my teens. But yeah. So yeah, the JCM 800. Yep. Yeah. Awesome, man. And then I had a crate. I'm dead. Oh, that's I had a right. crate endorsement. You had an endorsement. I had a crate That's right. That was a... Yeah, that was an alright amp. That was like the, I think the VC something or yeah, other, yeah. vintage club. Or yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. They were kind of cool amps. I liked them. They were pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think it was kind of in the, that era was like Chili Peppers and that yeah. kind of grungy era maybe. Yeah, so sure. And especially when we were kind of running our tunes for you for like, we were yeah. looking for that grungier sound. Yeah. So that, that worked. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, um... The strats are relatively new thing yeah. for you. You were playing a Les Paul custom for a long time. Les, yes. I had a student because I taught guitar. Yep. Um, so I had a student who had like this Les Paul, and he was left-handed, Les Paul custom, black, um, with the gold pickups, and and a Mason because he had, he had them. Yeah. And and I bought them off him. Yeah. Um, like for a steal. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, so Les Paul was was a big part of my playing yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Um, cool. I don't play it as much these days. Yeah. Uh, but I still love it. Like, yeah. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, it yeah. sounds massive. It's, yeah, it's so cool. Beautiful time, yeah. Um, and, and then obviously I had the, the Mason acoustic, which was which was a big part of my playing too, especially yep. playing at church and, yep. and my acoustic stuff. Um, so the Strat came, yeah, rel- relatively, maybe five years ago. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. I just loved, yeah, I wanted a Strat. I had a Les Paul, oh, I've got to get a Strat. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, and that really, pro- I find my voice in, in the strap. Yeah, really. Out of out of all the guitars, I just pick up the strap. It's just there. Yeah, me. it just feels good. So it's hard to, I can't do every style on it. Like, yeah, <laughs> I can't do any of the Metallica stuff. Heavy stuff, yeah. If I need to, but it just, it's very versatile. Yeah, cool. Um, I see you in the, using the out of phase positions a lot. Yeah, yeah. I tend to like, I tend to like, yeah. I don't really use the. the, the uh-huh. Is that one, the bridge one? No, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. I don't use that one that much, but yeah, those ones are pretty cool. Yeah, so, nice. Love the strap. It's just the standard. Yeah, American standard. standard. Yeah, but it's really Beautiful. nice. It's really, yeah. really nice. Yeah. And the Vox, the Vox has been yeah pretty cool. Vox is really really good amp. Didn't you? Don't didn't you get a deal with Yamaha? Yeah, with I that did. as well. I did. Like another sort of endorsement yeah. thing. Had an endorsement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was cool. Back in it's probably about seven years ago now. Okay. Um, so yeah, and uh, I love it. It's it's a heavy amp. <laughs> it's so heavy. Yeah. Why? But um, but it's a beautiful sounding amp, and it and it and it's really clear, and it's very reliable. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a UK you know it's yeah. not an old one. It's a, it's a Chinese one. On the CC yeah. ones. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And um, but yeah, really reliable, really solid, loud, yeah, clean, beautiful. Do you drive it or do you drive everything from the pedals? Uh, a little bit of dirt. Little? I've got a little bit of drive. Okay. Um, but, so, yeah, so basically that's just... Uh, yeah. Oh, it's probably not a lot. It's probably a touch. Of, uh, uh, it's not very loud right yeah, now. Yeah, we're at sort of lounge room levels. Like, yeah, we're at lounge room levels. Literally. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's pretty clean. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. How about your pedal board? There's some cool stuff. There's some Benetone yeah. things down yeah. there from our good friend yes. Sean. Yes, Sean Bennett. Shout out Benetone. to Sean. So I've got, um, um, so I've got one of his. I don't know what you call it, but yeah. one of his custom distortion or overdrive pedals. I yeah. love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and then I've got a super overdrive Achille modified one. Yeah, it's the Boss. Yeah, the yeah. Boss, which is really cool. Uh, my Vox. 
Yeah, you had that for a long time. It's a great pedal, man. Yeah, and it's just a nice little boost, adds a little bit of dirt. So I'll, I've got three distortion pedals, and I just the colours come out of them. Yeah, or you're into stacking, hey? I like stacking. I think I started stacking when I saw you do it. Oh, really? It's been a lot of fun. Ever yeah, since. yeah, yeah. I like it because you can. You don't need a billion pedals. Yeah, uh, I find I can get a lot of from from the pickups. Yeah, to the different distortion. So what's your oh. progression of dirt? So okay. what's your first stage of yeah. dirt? Yeah, okay, cool. So um, so generally I don't actually have it clean at all. Um, so I always have my Vox on. Yep. So, it's, so that's the Vox pedal. That's the Vox pedal. So it's got a little bit of, like if I hit the strings, it breaks up a little bit. But it, yeah, responsive, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, I, I generally have that on. Yep. And then, so that can be rhythm... Lead to, and then generally I'll go to Benetone. Yeah. Uh, pedal. So it's stacked on top. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that just gives me a bit more. Yeah. And then I'll stack maybe the Super Overdrive, the Boss. Uh -huh. Gives me a, probably a bit more of a lead sound, but. Yeah, that's just probably as big as it gets. And then obviously if I go to my... Yeah, but then sometimes I... Sometimes I'll just have the, the overdrive power. Just gives it a nice sound too, or I'll use the Sean bit pedal. So they all kind of have little yeah, differences yeah. in tone. But yeah, I like mixing them up a bit. Cool. Yeah. With the with the boss, do you always have the Keely mod turned on? Is is that when the switch is up? I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't really change it. I have kind of one setting and I'll leave it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Glue it in place. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's no, a good cool, it's a good pedal. I really like cool. this pedal. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you got some other Benetons. Um I the buffer? Do. Oh yeah, the buffer's amazing. Yeah. Like to be honest, whack. I'm not a big gearhead. I don't yeah. understand a lot about gear. Sure. <laughs> um, so I, I always found that before the buffer came along, my tone sucked. Like as in <laughs> as I as I put in volume pedals yeah, and all that. Yeah, and I said, yeah. and then somehow I remember Sean Bennett said, yeah. oh, "Have you ever used a buffer pedal?" I go, "No." Mm. And he goes, "Oh, here's one. Here's one that I made earlier." <laughs> so he gives it to me, and yeah. it just kind of like brought that clarity back and I don't know what it does yeah. but it just makes the guitar responsive again and yeah. it's amazing like I couldn't believe it so, wow that's yeah. awesome man. it's really cool it's great so that's just permanently on it's permanently on it doesn't even have a switch no it's, it's, it's just, just on. it's just red light on yeah yeah great man yeah, yeah. and the compressor that's a yeah, new thing yeah that is a new thing yeah. it's really cool actually um, I I um, I've never had a compressor mm -hmm. and I saw Sean built one yeah. and I go I want to try this and, and it just gives it it's not massively compressed but it yeah. just gives it a bit more of a snap yeah, yeah. a bit more of an attack so here's, here is it without it I don't yeah. know if you're going to hear it through the and here is on just cuts through a little bit yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really nice with chords I like it. Actually. Yeah, I nice. It. It's, it's, it's not. It's subtle. Yes. You can make it crazy. Yeah. But it's, it's just subtle, and 
Yeah. I like it. Nice, man. And for a bit of ear candy, what's, what's your um, delay? Oh, yeah, so it's a TC Electronic Nova delay, yep. um, which is, yeah, it's, it's a nice delay. Um, I'm looking at the um, that other brand that all the boys use. Um, oh, it's the Strymon? The Strymon, I'm yep. looking at one of them. But yeah, it is a nice pedal. This is a really nice pedal. I generally have one setting um, yep. that I generally use. Uh, it just gives me a bit of depth. and reverses and all the yeah. fun stuff but I don't tweak it too much I don't even use the presets I just got my sound and I go for it so pretty basic yeah 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 um, oh man the great tones though yeah. yeah 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 and then then this one I suppose oh yeah the whammy the whammy pedal which is kind of like that sound a lot is that the octave up the octave up but, but mixed with with the sound okay so yep. it's beautiful and you can create some really nice like Lots of lots of cool things you do with it. Okay. Yeah. So you're using it more as a texture. A bit more of a texture instead crazy. of a crazy Rage Against the Machine. Yep. Which it, no, but I do use it. Yeah. Uh, with that that crazy wow wow that crazy. Yeah. Sound. What what tune's that? Um. That's off the Intense Fly record. There it is. Yeah. I take it all. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Or oh, there's actually a take it all guitar solo, <laughs> which is, they just grabbed it, which is um, yeah, which is fun. <laughs> But um, I don't, yeah, I use it. It is a texture more, I think. As yeah, I get right. older, <laughs> I like texture more. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, you got the Vox foot switch. Is that for your amp? It's not even on. Okay. <laughs> but but it is cool. So yeah. the Vox foot switch is for the reverb and the vibe, the tremolo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But um, it's there. It's, it's yep. there. There's a Velcro. It's, it's Velcroed on. <laughs> uh, but the lead, because it's... Uh, it, got to have another two leads in it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, or one lead sorry uh, i don't use it a lot so yeah okay yeah cool do you use the trem on the vox much? oh no no but i do like it yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a beautiful sound yeah i suppose if there was a song that was suited yeah, yeah it's so cool awesome man that is cool yeah nice so, just jumping around a little bit, but yeah. back to your own solo stuff, what's the best way for people to you know, get a hold of this stuff? Um, yeah, all the, like Spotify, yeah. um, iTunes, um, YouTube, yeah, so all the okay. normal places. Simon Rafalo. Yeah, just Google just or Google YouTube or, yeah, if you're on Spotify, yeah. So yeah, it's all there. Nothing on CD. Oh, the Fly With You album. I think oh yes. You see these. I've never put that on digital. Maybe yeah. I should put it on digital. Maybe you should. Maybe I should. Yeah. Yeah. I'd buy one, but I've got yeah. one. But I would buy one. Otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This has been fun. It has been a lot of fun. I, I'd like to say I've been a fan of your podcast. Oh, thank you. Like really, really enjoy. It. And obviously, as a friend, yep. just seeing you do this podcast has been, um, uh, yeah, a proud friend moment oh thank you like go wow that's Matt and it's so you and, and I've really enjoyed the stories and I secretly all thought I'd love to get on that show but <laughs> I've never felt oh, 
after hearing like Frank Zappa oh no Dweezil Dweezil <laughs> why would you want to hear me but um, it's well, been cool just catching up yeah definitely well I think you releasing some new stuff was the perfect excuse for me to true, say let's have a true, jam and true. get you on the show that's true because that uh, yes right back at you I've been a huge fan of your playing I've always said that and always loved it so cool to hear that you're doing some more guitar-y stuff as well as um, still playing doing church and yes. doing other gigs and yep. all sorts of things yep uh, as, as we both are, which is cool. Yeah, thanks, let's let's take it out with a jam. What are we going? What do you want to jam on? Um, okay. Um, can we do? What haven't we done yet? Um, do something funky. Yeah. 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 E? yeah just do something. E. All right, I'll, I'll just set something up. You join in. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Oh, your little uh, special sauce. There you go, my interview slash jam slash good times hang with Simon Ruffalo. Check out his stuff on iTunes. A couple of names also on to mention. Robbie McGuinness was the percussionist on the Fly With You album. Didn't mention him in the interview, but wanted to give him a shout out because a uh, great player. You heard him on some of the recorded examples there. Uh, also, Daniel Ma is um, co-producing some of the new stuff that Simon is putting out. So uh, another great musician. Worthy of a shout-out. Also, Inspire Church, thank you for hosting us for The Jam. Simon and I, we still serve on the Inspire Church roster on a Sunday, um, which is a great privilege, and uh, we love doing that with Pastor Elmer and the crew there. Alrighty, Jam Buzz, make sure you check out that. The link is in the show notes. 
And also, just for general Guitar Speak podcast goodness, we are on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to us, you can do it. It's free and you get this stuff delivered to you. Uh, all the time. Also, we're on um, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast catching device thingamajigs. You can find us there too. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram. That's a good place to come and say hello if you want to discuss any of the uh, interviews. Lots of good stuff coming up, so stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining me again. My name is Matt Wakeling. You've been listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. We'll catch you next time. Bye now.